The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants, who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, did you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to the people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So when I was a kid growing up in Nashville, and as you notice, I don't have a southern accent. That's one of the first things people point out to me about the fact that I'm from the south, but I don't like southern accent, and I don't like drink, what, drinking sweet tea either, so sorry to disappoint you. Um, but when, I remember when I was a kid, and it was around July, and it was around like July 25th, and I was like, I had this idea in my mind to celebrate Christmas in July. So I threw on a Christmas sweater with a friend and I, and then we went caroling from house to house. As you can imagine, people were very confused. And because I wanted to get in the Christmas mood, I decided to jack the thermostat in my parents' house to a very balmy 85 degrees. <laughs> and um, then I forgot to turn it back down. So that evening, my parents came in and they're like, son, um, we're going to teach you how electricity works. <laughs> and we're going to teach you how, you know, this, um, how, you know, how heating works. And so I learned very quickly, there's a difference between a thermometer and a thermostat, right? And I share that story with you because, one, because it makes me laugh. And as I was sitting there, the Lord reminded me of that. And I was chuckling to myself because I often laugh at myself because it's good to laugh um, and I was thinking about this in terms of St. Paul's second reading today because just to give a little bit of a background and context right let me back up here for a second this thought first okay there's a difference right we know between a thermostat and a thermometer if we have a thermometer in here and it's 20 degrees doesn't do as much good <laughs> Right, we'd all be bundled up. But if we have a thermostat, then we can change the temperature, we can change the atmosphere 
in the room. And so my question for us today is as you walk with the Lord in your relationship with Jesus, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? Are you a thermometer that just reflects whatever is in the environment around you? Or are you a thermostat that tries to change what's in, in the environment? If there's disorder, if there's division, if there's chaos, can we realize that we who are baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, are empowered to bring peace to those around us in the midst of chaos, in the midst of disorder, to bring understanding where there is division, to bring joy where there is discouragement. Because this is what St. Paul is reflecting on with this, this second reading from Philippians. Paul, he says these words, Have no anxiety at all, but by prayer and supplication make your requests known to God in thanksgiving or in praise. What Paul is not saying, he's not saying get rid of your anxiety because if you try and do that, it makes it worse. We know that. <laughs> so what is he saying? And I think sometimes we have this idea of, okay, St. Paul's saying this, but he doesn't know what I'm going through in my life. Lest we remind ourselves he's writing this in a prison cell. Not only is he writing this in a prison cell, but in the letter to the Philippians, which is only four short chapters, he mentions joy 16 times. In the midst of his prison sentence, he says this. Why? Because he's decided, yes, in this atmosphere, right, this prison of what would be despair, what would be discouragement, what would be sadness and bitterness and resentment. He's saying, I choose to reject all that. And in doing so, what happens, right? He's, right before this, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, he's writing this from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Have no anxiety at all. But by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. Man, I don't know about you, I want that kind of faith. I want to be a thermostat for the Lord. How about you? Amen? All right, there's some amens out there. Good. We're making some progress here, making some inroads, right? But this is truly amazing. This is truly so edifying and such a powerful message in a world that we live in right now that is so racked with anxiety, that is so racked with despair, where the atmosphere at times just breeds discouragement and division and resentments. I mean, turn on the news, you see it all the time. The question is, as Christians, what is our response to that? Do we just throw our hands up? Or do we throw our hands up and say, Father, there is no anxiety and there is no chaos in heaven. So bring your peace down to quell this anxiety, to quell this chaos. Because this anxiety that we all experience Right? Paul has it. But what's his secret? It's that he lives in the present moment. Because the thing that we know about anxiety, if you don't, this is what, I looked it up, right, psychologists, 
Anxiety is never in the present moment. But if we're anxious in the present moment, it's usually because that thought just made us anxious in that moment. Anxiety, my brothers and sisters, is preoccupation with the past or worrying, fretting about the future. And so here's St. Paul in a prison cell, not in a nice prison cell, in a dark, dank hole. It probably smells horrible, where there's fighting, bitterness, and sadness, all the reasons around him why he should despair. And yet he doesn't. Have no anxiety at all, but by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God in praise. In other words, what it means when we have that anxiety, when we have fear, when we have discouragements, is to ask ourselves the question, who do we talk to first about those things? Sometimes we try and solve it on our own, and we fall into ungodly self-reliance and independence. But what if we looked at it a different way? What if we looked at it as, as St. Paul says, everything we experience to relate that to God, to relate that to heaven? It may not mean that the anxiety goes away in the moment, but what does it mean? It means we're in dialogue with the Lord about it. And that changes everything. And this is the secret of St. Paul's joy in the midst of this prison cell. And it's the, the word of the Lord for us today to seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else will be provided. Do we believe that? Do we believe that in relating everything to God, God's going to pour out his provision and his abundance and his blessing in the moment that we find ourselves, whatever moment that is? Because what that means, and what I think St. Paul came to understand, is that in this prison cell, this prison cell became a monastery of praise to the Lord. This place filled with despair, this place filled with hopelessness, became a place of conversion for the guards around him who saw Paul and said, there's something different about you. Paul, you're a thermostat. Whatever you're carrying, whatever you're bringing, is releasing that presence right now. Because we know this, right, from a negative sense, that what it means to be a thermostat, we all know people, maybe we struggle with this ourselves, who are constantly negative. What happens? It affects those around them. Constantly complaining, same thing. Well, if that's true in the negative, how much more is it true in the positive sense that if we allow and cultivate the peace of God to carry this peace in our hearts, to carry joy of the Lord in our hearts, that it then affects those around us. Amen? That we can truly be a thermostat for Jesus. That we can carry the power and the presence of heaven and release that power and that presence into all of our relationships. Why? Because we relate it to God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be added. It's not 
it's not a matter of order. Like, okay, I go to church, I've checked out the box, I'm done with God for the day. No, it's saying, God, you're a part of every part of my life. God, you're a part of my relationships. God, I'm placing you at the center of my family, at the center of my friendships, at the center of my career, at the center of my job, at the center of my emotions, at the center of my cooking, at the center of my entertainment. It's saying, God, your rightful place, because you are the Lord of King and, and King of heaven and earth, is that you are the Lord and King of every part of my life. And if we have that, my brothers and sisters, then we have peace. Why? Because that means everything is related to Him. Everything. And it's only when we make Jesus and compartmentalize Him in a box, that's when that disorder and that chaos gets worse. Because He's meant to be the Lord of our whole life. Not just a moment. And not just in one hour on Sunday. He's meant to be the Lord 24-7 of our lives. And his reign and his kingdom is good. Because St. Paul says that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness. It's right order, right relationship. So if we have right relationship here, then we'll have right relationship horizontally. If we have right relationship vertically with the Lord, then that's going to affect all the other relationships around us. That the kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is a place of joy. This is the house of the Lord. This is the gateway to heaven. And you know what's true in heaven? In heaven there's no sadness. In heaven there's no anxiety. In heaven there's no preoccupation with self. Because Knowing, looking at myself and knowing my struggles at times with anxiety and with worry, what I've realized is because it's, I'm doing this rather than doing this. I'm looking at myself to provide the solutions rather than saying, God, what do you think about this? God, I'm anxious right now. What does heaven think about this? What does the kingdom of heaven think about these things? Because in heaven there is no lack of peace. In heaven, there is no fear. In heaven, there is no suffering. But there is love. There is joy. There is peace. There is righteousness. There is security. There is abundance. There's no confusion. So what if we took up the novel idea of the Word of God today and related every part of our life this way rather than looking inward? What if we related every part of our day to seeking first the kingdom of God, to focusing our attention on Him so that Jesus becomes the center of all of our life, so that the fingerprints of heaven, like a toddler with peanut butter on their hands, right, just smears it everywhere. <laughs> what if our whole life was smeared with the fingerprints of heaven? Then we would be thermostats for the Lord. Because what that means, and what it means to have faith, and this is the faith that Paul has. 
Because oftentimes, my brothers and sisters, our posture of prayer is praying from earth towards heaven. But the word of God, and St. Paul himself says, that in Christ, risen from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, he says this crazy idea. He says we are already seated with Christ in heaven by faith. That faith and the power of the Holy Spirit is our Wi-Fi connection to heaven, and it's not a bad connection. It's a perfect connection because it's connected by love. It's connected by the God of the universe. And so rather than having the attitude of praying from earth towards heaven, what if we believed the truth that the word of God says and pray that heaven would be brought to earth? That the perfect peace of heaven will be brought to earth, that perfect security, that abundance and provision will be brought through us to the earth. Because Paul, as he's sitting in his prison cell, saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Have no anxiety, but relate everything to God in perfect praise. Because in heaven, there is no prayer except praise. There's only perfect praise in heaven. Because it's a sign of victory. And we already share in that victory of Christ. And Paul, as he sits in his prison cell, his attitude wasn't, I'm, his attitude wasn't to be a thermometer. It was to be a thermostat. And say, okay, I'm going to relate everything to God. And then that joy and that peace and that blessing of the Father is going to be released through my words, through my presence, to all those around me. What does it mean? It means that Paul brought heaven to earth in a hellish prison cell. You may know the story of St. Maximilian Kolbe that in the moment that he was in the concentration camp in Nazi Germany and he offered his life for a faithful and loving father standing up and saying, I'm a Catholic priest. Take me to the Take me to my death. You may not know this, that for the next two weeks, he sat in a starvation bunker. You think about that. Again, that would be a place of despair and hopelessness. But what happened is, St. Maximilian Colby, he related everything to the Lord. And he led the prisoners in hymns of praise as they were dying. And he was the last one to die. And even after he died, when they came to his prison cell, they saw his face was glowing, serene, in perfect peace, according to the Nazi guards who found him. Why? Because he was a thermostat. He allowed the presence of heaven to so overwhelm his life that everywhere he went, he released the presence of heaven to those around him. And this is, is this not what we say every day? 
when we pray the Our Father, your kingdom come, the kingdom of heaven where there is peace, joy, security, abundance. Your kingdom come, your will be done right now, Lord, on earth as it is right now in heaven. So my brothers and sisters, let's relate everything, 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 no matter how small, because it matters to our Heavenly Father. Relate everything to the Lord. And we will have that peace that St. Paul had and release that peace to those around us.